Greetings, this is Carl. I received an amazing email from a reader that I, I just want to share with you because there's some incredibly important lessons. Now I need to tell you that this information is super sensitive and personal. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna obscure a whole bunch of it. And so you're gonna hear me being purposely vague. Just understand that the details that I'm going to obscure are not important anyway. I don't want that to distract from the point, so I'm just telling you in advance, right? So we're going to call this guy Bob. And Bob was having some struggles in his life that put him in a pretty vulnerable position um, mentally and emotionally. And somebody that was aware of that situation, right, that was aware of Bob's vulnerability, took advantage of him in that vulnerability and sold him a bad investment. And it was a bunch of money. This person convinced Bob to put a bunch of money into an investment that they knew was bad and they knew Bob's situation in terms of his vulnerability, right? So this was on purpose taking advantage of somebody's situation. And Bob goes on to say, look, I'm not wealthy. This was the money we had set aside for our one of our children's education. Right? This was incredibly important, sacred even, money to Bob. Bob sent me this email in response to a column I wrote quite a long time ago on the cost of holding on. We'll put a link in the show notes here, but you may want to read that. It was a, a, a column called The Cost of Holding On. And so Bob was sending me this in response to that. He said, look, since that time, and we're talking, if I'm doing the math right, we're talking not quite a decade, but close to a decade. Since that time, there has not been a day when I've not thought about that person. I've thought about suing them. And I've even imagined them on the end, the other end of bad karma. I can't get that money back. I can't build a time machine, go back and not do that deal. But what I can do is let it go. <laughs> you can tell, man. Speechless. I want to point to just a couple of things. Right? It almost feels trite. But it's, it's really interesting. Bob is amazing. I can't imagine letting go of many of the things that many of you emailed me about that you let go. This one's amazing. And I love Bob's statement. There hasn't been a single day. And then he went on to say, look, I, I read that piece, The Cost of Holding On, every week to help me let go. Two things I wanted to kind of unpack here. One is... I think Bob is right. Like, what other option do you have? As Bob pointed out, you can't get the money back. You can't get a time machine. There's nothing you can do. No amount of anger or frustration. None of that's going to help you. Right? None of that's going to benefit you. It's just going to keep sort of eating away at you. Now, again, I please realize, like, I know this is hard easy to say and incredibly hard to do that's why i'm that's why i'm sharing this with you is because i've got so many stories of people who've done it, it, it sort of overcome like 
odds that you couldn't imagine that have done it. And I'm sure many of you listening are among those people. So what Bob's saying here is, I can't go back and change that. So what other option do I have than to let it go? What other option do I have than to let it go? Now, the other thing I want to sort of tease out of this is Bob saying that he, he has a process. He reads something every week to help him. And I think of this like a detox process. We've got to unwind that pattern of thought, of worrying about it, obsessing about it, getting angry about it. It's a pattern of thought. I One of my good friends who's a, a psychiatrist likes to think of it as grooves in the brain, right? Like we've got a, a groove of thought that's worn in. He sort of compares it sometimes to like, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, maybe where a, a, a path that's been worn into stone, thinking like where a wagon wheel has rolled over a rock, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. Or, you know, you, you wear this groove and at, at a certain point it just becomes where you're, thoughts go naturally. It's like water running down a trough. Like you, you pour water outside of the trough and it just runs naturally into the trough. It's a well-worn, that takes time to change. But what we know from human development and a lot of the neuroscience work that we're seeing now is that you can indeed sort of reform that pattern. And from my limited understanding, it is it is actually almost like sort of rebuilding the neural pathway of those thoughts. And we can do it. And that's what Bob's saying is, look, I'm, I've created a process for doing that every week. I read something to remind myself. So yeah, it's hard work. And the question is, is doing it, reminding yourself every week or every day, is that harder than obsessing about it and worrying about it and being mad about it and being sad about it? Like which one's harder? Which one takes more time? Right. And again, please, you know, be patient with me, be gentle with yourself. I know this is hard to do. I'm working on it myself. That's why I'm sharing it with you. I just thought Bob's email was amazing. So Bob, if you're listening, you may not even recognize this story. Really, you know, obscured a lot of it. But if you're listening, thank you for your example. And for the rest of us, um, let's go. I'm actually going back after Bob's email and thinking through what is out there that I could let go of? What burden am I still carrying around? You know, what burden in my sort of portfolio of thoughts and feelings do I have that I could sell at this point? I hope that helps. Again, I love your stories, so don't hesitate to shoot them to me. Hello at behaviorgap.com. Hello at behaviorgap.com.